Swamiji, what is integrity? How important is integrity? Integrity is supremely important. I'd say that everything depends upon integrity. But it means to be absolutely true to yourself. Integrity does not mean necessarily being true to what other people want of you. I think that in Germany, for example, during World War II, a person of integrity would not have uh, gone along with the Nazi movement. He would have said, this is not for me. I think we should always have the integrity to think things through for ourselves. And when, <clears throat> when even the whole country is all agitated about something, you should think in yourself, is this really a true value or not? Because many times people are wrong. And uh, there's social, there's uh, societal, there's national, there's family. I had to have the integrity, for example, to resist my parents, who wanted my father especially, wanted me to become an electrical engineer. That wasn't for me. I had to follow what was true for me. And that meant even going against his will and displeasing him very much, but I had to do it because this was my destiny. We have to have that kind of... I remember my brother wrote a, bio, a bio, autobiography, which he never published, but it's been available for the family. And in that he mentions that I never even asked my father for permission to come to Yogananda. Well, I would never ask him permission, but God took that problem out of my hands. He sent my father to Egypt. And so I was free to make that decision on my own without having to even consult him. We have to, integrity means also never to tell an untruth. Whatever you say you will do, do it. Even in little things, for example, if you say even to yourself, I'm going to buy a newspaper today, and then you decide not to, do it anyway because you said it. In other words, little promises that you make, keep every one of them, even when it becomes inconvenient. Swamiji, what if uh, you're supposed to give something to someone and yet your suppliers let you down? Well, in that case, you, you, you can't make, you may be supposed to give it, but you, you should say, I'll give it to you if I can. But always have that provision because it, although you can't help it, you, you have to break your word there. It's better never to break it, and therefore better never to put yourself in the position where circumstances will force you to break it. So it's better to say in that case, I will give it to you if I can, I will supply it if it's available. And uh, I think people will respect you much more if you talk that way to them. There's another point here too, truthfulness is quite different from being factual. For example, if you're in the hospital and uh, are very ill, and I come in and I say, Joe, you look terrible. <laughs> that, that won't help him. He may feel a little dear and push him over the edge. So speak the beneficial truth. And if you can't, for example, with him, you don't want to say, you look great, he doesn't look great. But uh, you can say that I I think you could look worse. You can get away, away with that one, maybe. <laughs> and uh, 
if somebody asks you a question, yes or no, and the answer is that if you say yes, you will be condemning somebody's life. Better to tell a lie. Mm -hmm. In that case, you will be, truth is always beneficial. Mm -hmm. And so, in that case, it's better to say something that isn't factual. Because factual, truth will always be beneficial. Fact may be unbeneficial, harmful even. So it, one can be a bit affirmative in certain situations. Yes. Because it's something, a possibility. My guru tells the story, for example, of a hermit meditating under a tree. And a man came to him and said, please help me. I'm being chased by assassins and I have to hide from him. And he climbed up the tree. And uh, then the assassins came and said, where is he? And uh, he didn't want to tell a lie. And uh, they forced him to say, so he went like that. That was, he had to suffer hell for that. Oh. Because he did a wrong thing. Mm -hmm. So in that case, it would be better to say, even point that way. Mm. You don't have to say he went that way, you can just point. <laughs> <laughs> but in some way, you mustn't do something that will be harmful for another person. Truth will always be beneficial. Mm. And is there a power that develops by always speaking the truth? When you're in tune, when you speak the truth and try to be have complete integrity, that puts you in tune with what is. And you find that you develop the power that your words have materializing power. They, what you, if you say a thing will happen, it will happen. That merely saying that it's going to be so makes it so. Swamiji, I have to, I want to ask. In other words, if you're ill, I am well, and you can become well with that affirmation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, if if I'm obligated to fight in a war, I may be obliged to kill someone uh, in, in the defense of my country. Is that still... Killing is not... Uh, it all finally comes down to attitude. Ahimsha is one of the qualities that are... It's the Indian version in India of the Ten Commandments. It's more specific, actually, toward better living, and uh, it doesn't say just honor your parents, honor everybody. But uh, what, what they, in this system it says ahimsha, non-violence. Well, you have to commit violence sometimes. You walk on the ground, you step on an ant, you can't see the ant, but you kill it. You kill a mosquito, which might give you malaria. Better to kill it. The important thing of the Ahimsa principle is don't wish harm to it. Don't kill with anger. Don't kill with a wish to destroy. And it's the wish that is important. If, you're, if you have to even kill a human being in such a circumstance as you've mentioned in a war, at least don't wish ill to him. And then do it because it's the right thing for you to do at this time. Can you offer any other habits that we can develop, like being truthful, that will help us? Well, I think that I'm, if I'm truthful to people, then I will try to see their truth, too. And I will try to see them as they are, rather than I was, as I would like them to be. 
And if they themselves are deluding themselves, for instance, somebody who says, well, I, I uh, didn't really steal because it's really doing him good. It'll teach him not to lock his car to <laughs> next time, let's say. You know that's uh, self-justification and untrue self-justification. But nonetheless, if you accept that that is his truth, then you can try out of kindness to help him to um, be uh, more truthful. You, you can't say, come off it, that's a lie. <laughs> that doesn't help him. That gets him self-justified and, and very angry. But if you can say, that, uh, now do you really think that's the way to do it? And bring him more out of respect for him, in other words. I think a part of being truthful is to have respect. Mm -hmm. To have respect for where other people are, where they're coming from. And like the example I gave you a few minutes ago of in a hospital. He may look terrible, but to say that would harm him. Mm -hmm. So thinking of his truth, his reality, he needs to affirm wellness. And so you don't want to say something that's untrue and say you look great. <laughs> you know he doesn't look great. But you could say, well, you could look worse, or I think you can look better soon, or any some other thing that you might come up with to help him that way. So kindness, respect, these are important qualities. And uh, I'd say generosity was a part of it too, because a part of respect and kindness is to be generous enough to accept his realities. And that means also with things. If I have something that's mine and I'm willing to share it with other people, then that shows that I have my fulfillment in their fulfillment. I expand myself, my sense of selfhood, to include him. This ego is a delusion. I am not this body. I am not this Swami Kriyananda. I am God in this form, it is in all forms. And if I can get rid of this ego, then I can become in tune with him who is everywhere. So the more generous I am, that's one way of expanding my ego to include all beings. This, that's why Jesus said we should love our neighbor as ourselves. Love God, but love our neighbor as a part of that. When we have that ability, then we expand into the truth of everything. It's very interesting that uh, these qualities that you're mentioning of generosity, having integrity, being kind to others, implies that there's a, a centeredness within that can act, that you can act from. You're not needing anything yourself. Yes. You're centered in yourself. So how do you achieve that kind of centeredness where you can act I think that, that always to give up desires, to not wish that this is going to happen or that's going to happen, <clears throat> not to be pleased or displeased by anything, just always take it back inside. Feel consciously that you're centered in yourself. This does not mean self-centered in the sense of of uh, egotistical, mm. but to be centered in your higher self means to be in tune with that center which is everywhere. To understand other people's realities, if you understand it from your center, you'll find that then you can tune in to their center. Mm. 
Truth is center everywhere, circumference nowhere. And to attune yourself to your center is to become in tune with all other centers. The more attuned you are to your own center, the more in tune you are with the universe. So letting go of desires is, is paramount. Yes, and likes and dislikes. Calming your mind. Meditation is one of the most important ways of, of uh, attaining that calmness. Listen to God and let him work through you. So There's also I, a, an element of self-surrender then. Surrender, but, but I don't mean surrender the way a person sort of at, with his back to the wall and nowhere else he goes, says, <laughs> I surrender. No, self-offering to God. You're just, you belong to him. You'll find that in that thought, when you don't cling to yourself, you are free. Freedom is the essence.